Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the post-production podcast. My name's Rachel. And I'm Kiri. And today we're going to be talking about attempted projects. Things that we tried to do and just failed. Times our dreams were crushed. AKA the story of any creator. Times that we started a project and either we didn't have the means to finish it or we just left it in the dust. Exactly. (laughs) To pursue better bigger things yes or smaller things yes and i feel like this happens to every creator every person that creates art or works in production has projects that flop or has super good ideas that just never quite work out the way it is in your head (laughs) and it's kind of normal for your evolution as a creator but they're kind of fun to look back at and reflect on so we figured why not do an episode where we just expose ourselves yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of exposure this episode. Well, you didn't quite have to put it that way, but... A lot of these, a lot of mine are video related, but there's also like writing stuff and you have a couple of music stuff. It, it's it's interesting. We have this, we mentioned in the last episode that we have this document where we write down all of the stuff we want to mention and we can see each other's failures on our screens right now. Yep. This is happening. So I think the most recent thing... For me, it was probably Grandma Betty. We've mentioned this one a few times. It, it was a project, it was supposed to be a 404 series that did not get finished because the school shut down because of COVID and we were so far into it. We only had a few scenes left to shoot and then we, we had to leave. Everybody everybody went their separate ways. So that, that one was kind of sad because I was really excited about it and it was one of the first sketches I wrote but we have thought about adjusting for the social distancing stuff by uh, having the grandma talk to her grandkids over video chat, and we've we've kind of messed around with that idea. But oh, that could be cute. Yeah. Ultimately, though, it never got finished as of this recording. Maybe sometime in the future, listener, when you are listening to this, the Grandma Betty series is out on the interwebs, and you can enjoy it. But. As of right now, it does not exist. It was about a grandma whose grandkids come to visit her and over an entire dinner, she just talks about her life story about when she was in college and uh, you know being active in her community and then everything started to go wrong. There's a lot of implied drug use and like she becomes a hippie and it's a great story, I think. And the whole moral of the story is that boomers are people too, I guess. <laughs> and that even though times change, people don't. People have always been crazy. I don't know. I just thought it was a, a cute story. Hopefully one day it will be released to the world. But today is not that day. 
Yeah, which is sad because it was a fun story. I remember you doing the writing for it for a while, and then I oh remember... yeah, probably like the last the last parts of it probably yeah. Um, and then I got to come on camera for some of the scenes with the foreign prince in the cafe and all that. Yes, it was a very wild and sort of whimsical series almost because there was just so many weird fun twists in it. Yeah, I miss it. But one series I do not miss that was an early one that I wrote. I think we tried to make it, I think, the first year we were filming for 404. <gasps> Is this the kitchen one? It was the kitchen one. Homemaking with Poppy Macintosh. First of all, the character was super annoying. <laughs> it was supposed to be like a satirical Martha Stewart-y type show. Uh, the first episode, she like goes into some, she's supposed to go into somebody's house this is the one that we did not film we filmed all the other ones because this this one was supposed to be on location but we would go into somebody's house and say okay i'm going to redecorate for you and this person like did not ask her to come in and redecorate <laughs> she and her crew just bust into the house and uh say all right we're gonna redecorate we're gonna go for a minimalist look oh and so when she says minimalist they just move out all of the furniture so there's nothing in the room but a clock on the wall. Minimalism. That sounds like such a such a large amount of work on set. Yeah. It's so funny in post. The, yeah, that's, that's the issue with it. I haven't gone back and read that script since we filmed it. We did try to film it, and pretty much everyone agreed that it was not our best work, just as a group and as individuals. We didn't have a set. We just had a curtain behind us. And a table with a like a Dollar Tree tablecloth over it, <laughs> like one of the plastic ones you use at parties. We used the teleprompters because there were a lot of lines and no one was super prepared. I found the footage fairly recently and watched some of it and oh man, it was so cringy. <laughs> Yikes. Because I thought about with all the quarantine stuff, maybe there's some old stuff we can pull and release, but nope, that's not happening. That bad, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it was ugh, it was pretty bad. And I also tried my hand at ad-libbing a little bit and it wasn't funny. <laughs> so Yikes. Improv is not my strength. At least you're self-aware. What about your your spy series? Oh boy. So this was sort of my first foray into quote-unquote filmmaking. And I think I've like referenced it briefly here and there when we talked about you know, playing around with our parents or grandparents' old, you know, home video, video camera. So me and my best friend at the time, who lived on the same street as me, like across the street, we decided that it would be so fun if we made a spy movie with our siblings. And I was like 13 and she was like 12 and then all of our siblings were little. And so we took my mom's video camera and we harnessed the power of Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> Uh -huh. And we made pretty much most of a spy movie about like these spies who are secretly spies, but then the <laughs> spies the... who are secretly spies. <laughs> well, they're I'm like a spy, but I'm also a spy. They're like regular adolescent girls, but little does anyone know they live a secret life as spies. Oh, so like Hannah Montana, but spies. Exactly. The best of both worlds. The life of a double agent. Yes. But yeah, but then, oh, and they all have, like, weird animal names, like Agent Tarantula, etc. <laughs> <laughs> and then the villain finds out their real identities and kidnaps one of their younger siblings. And so it turns into this whole long, like, almost heist movie where they have to, like, 
discover the villain's secret lair and rescue the sister. And then there's this huge fight scene out on a neighbor's lawn. It's ridiculous. What was the villain's name? Oh, I don't even remember. I just remember she had a really good evil laugh. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. And Agent Tarantula. There are so much cooler animals you could have I, gone for. I can't even tell tarantula. you. Tarantula. Oh, and we had a website for the movie. Oh, wow. Right? Like an actual website? Yeah, like, I don't know where it is now. It was like a Wix website or something. What what was it called? Hang on. I'm not telling you that. Okay. I don't, I, I, I'm telling you, like, I don't think you'd find it if you Googled it, but here. Better agent names. Like, like maybe, maybe they can all be spider names. Tarantula, Black Widow, obviously. Brown Recluse. <laughs> agent Brown Recluse. Yeah, I can't find it on Google when I look for it. Wolf, that's a cool name. Agent Wolf. Um, I, yeah, I was kind of thinking Agent Gardener Snake, <laughs> Agent Squawk. Anyhow, so that was the time we made a movie. And of course, it did not get finished because we were, you know, middle schoolers. Middle schoolers never finish anything. Yep, exactly. Let's see. Oh, something else I did in middle school, and I think even early high school, which is even more embarrassing, <laughs> is, um... Me and another neighbor of mine made a joint YouTube channel. We were like, oh yeah, we're going to get YouTube famous. Like we're going to, you know, get famous on YouTube and then become traveling music stars. That was like our goal, right? Oh, cool. Oh yeah. And so we made this YouTube channel, but the we had a lot of fun like filming all the videos, which is the important part, even though they all right. sucked. But then the video I most vividly remembering because i will never forget the smell that ensued while we were filming it this is gonna be good oh yeah (laughs) so we decided we decided we were gonna pull a prank on her older brother for our youtube channel i think this was legit like the third video we filmed or something we filmed it on like my super cruddy generic android phone and we baked this like We were like, we're just going to throw a bunch of random ingredients in a thing and then bake it and then try to trick him into eating it. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, honestly, it was the smartest and most original idea I've ever had, (laughs) which is why one day I should rule the world. Make people eat things you baked? Yes. We put, and buckle up here, we put like vinegar and, yep, yep, and uh, ranch and Cheetos and like a bunch of other like random crud. I don't I don't I can't even begin to describe to you the color and the smell of this disgusting <laughs> liquidy concoction. That sounds awful. It was like this weird pale orange and there were chunks floating in it. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. That's a nope for me. Uh-huh. And we put it in the oven and we were like we're just going to watch and like wait until it kind of looks baked. And then I'm pretty sure we frosted it after that to like make it look like a little cake that he would eat. Was he suspicious at all? We tried. Yes. We were both terrible liars. So we uh. two like 14 year olds tried to talk him. I want to say he was like 15 or 16, but old enough that he could tell that we were being idiots. Not sure you have to be a certain age to tell, but. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So we tried. We were like, come on, like we made this little thing for you. Like, it's going to be delicious. And he was like, he took one look and he went, nope, and just walked away. (laughs) So we still made it into a video on this like free video editing app on my little Android phone. And we put it on our YouTube channel. 
I think we got like three views per video. Awesome. And then eventually we got busy and gave up. <laughs> That's clickbait worthy if you did it these days, just like all caps. The, oh, we made a gross cake for my brother. We baked Cheetos and Ranch into a cake and fed it to Blah Blah's older brother. Parentheses. Not fake. Yeah. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Brackets. Not clickbait. And brackets. But it totally is clickbait. But it's totally clickbait. Because he doesn't actually eat it. Yeah, exactly. Because all you have to say is, we baked a cake for such and such his older brother. Or just, we baked a Cheeto vinegar ranch cake. <laughs> Nasty. Topped it with It was orange and chunky and smelled like vomit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds gross. Yeah. So in many ways, I'm very glad that YouTube channel flopped because I really would not want that video, like, memorialized. You should have been on my cooking show, our scripted cooking show. We could have made that. Ew. I don't think, honestly, after smelling that, I don't think I could ever, ever do it again, knowing what it would smell like. It was called Homemaking with Poppy Macintosh. I think the idea of that show was that she was actually really incompetent <laughs> and kind of dumb. Dude! I found our channel! Oh no. I want to watch. <laughs> I want to see a video. Oh gosh. I, I'm telling you, I haven't seen these videos in four years. So. I am ready. Chopped challenge? Summer bucket list. That's what we call it. In brackets. Alright, buckle up. I'm so embarrassed. My mind is ready. I'm not. This is vertical? <laughs> Come in my kitchen, baby. I like that. Oh no! This is incredible. Oh! I think the most notable thing is that this is an entirely vertical video. Uh-huh. What is that? I don't know. That's the finished product that he didn't eat. <laughs> and the transitions are... Oh, that was it? <laughs> yep. The transitions are very... Uh, Artistic? Dizzying. And six and a half minutes later, we have watched 14-year-old Rachel do some covers. Mm -hmm. And it was okay. It was a yikes. I mean, if you had blended all of them together in one big mashup, I think that would have been... Why am I critiquing? We were 14. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so now that we've survived that traumatic experience, the joint YouTube channel, great idea if we yeah. had been older and not terrible at video editing. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing about the food video is just the, the, the swipey transitions and the, the vertical... Um... The fact that the whole video is filmed vertically on an Android. Yes. And... <laughs> And it was like a swipey, swipey transitions, like a weird food commercial. It was never the full picture. Yeah, I have regrets. It's fine. <laughs> I did like the stock photos at the beginning, though. It looked pretty sharp. It was a sharp graphic. Yeah. Why do you think I thought I could be a graphic design major? It was because of that. Hey, I, th I thought about it once, too. Emphasis on once. Emphasis on thought about it. Yeah. It was like plan C or something. <laughs> right? Yeah, something more recent. A project that never quite came to fruition was this, um, I had this genius idea freshman year of college. I was like working on being a better composer and a better lyricist. So I was like, as a songwriting exercise, I should write a song for every state I've lived in. Oh, I would listen to the heck out of that. Yeah, like not the state itself, but like a story from when I lived there or like a place I love in that state or something that happened at that place, stuff like that. I don't know. It was kind of like a, almost like a mood board idea. Song mood board. Yeah, but like with songs and geographic locations. An audible um, mood board. 
There you go. Yeah, so I was gonna do that, and then I simply did not. Oh, although I did start, to, like, I wrote, like, two songs. Both of them were very difficult to write, and then I was like, this is gonna take forever. What were they about? I wrote one about autumn in the state of Virginia. It was, like, this very, like, metaphorical, like, building friendships and then keeping them during transitions. But the whole thing was set in this, like, fall metaphor. Specifically in Virginia. In Virginia, because the yeah. song was Virginia. Yeah, you can't have friends if you don't live in Virginia. Exactly. <laughs> so if you don't live in Virginia, sorry, your life sucks. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them through music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think good art takes time. Oh, yeah. Plus you have like other more important things to do. Right. <laughs> besides just sit around, write about states you've lived in. Right. Yeah, it's not like I also had a job and classes to take and things to do. Yeah. What, what's the most boring state you've lived in? I don't know. There were some boring ones. Nebraska is pretty boring. So I've heard. I forget people actually live there. The people in Nebraska are some of the kindest people on the planet. If you can find them. But like Nebraska itself is a very boring place. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should just be the entire lyrics of the song. Just write a boring song about boring Nebraska. Hang on. Hang on. One of those songs where you just repeat the same line over and over again. <laughs> is that a ukulele? All right, I'm back. I have my ukulele. Aha. And we're going to write a song for Nebraska. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I have no songwriting experience. You're going to hear it here first, listener. A live songwriting session by ukulele. I've been tuning it by ear for like three months, and it's definitely like the whole thing is sharp. Don't cut yourself on it. Aha. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually perfectly in tune. Ah, oh my gosh. I'm a genius. All right. Nebraska is a Nebraska by Rachel Ball. Copyright 2020. Wow. You know, that, you are now one step closer to finishing that project. I am! <laughs> Three I'd out of so. like 10 or 11 songs down. <laughs> you, should, you should do two songs about Colorado. Since I lived there twice? Yeah. Yeah. One about the mountains and one about the drugs. Uh, I was gonna say I'll do <laughs> one about weed and one about Colorado. <laughs> Man, see, Rachel is talented. <laughs> I cannot write a song or poetry to save my life. I think that the one poem I wrote was for uh, an English class. It had to be a Shakespeare sonnet. We're a little bit off track here because this is something I actually finished. Amazing. It was my freshman year and it was about 
warm cookie Wednesday, <laughs> which was a thing that our school does. Every Wednesday they serve warm cookies. They used to, pre-COVID. It does not exist this year, which is a tragedy. And this was really hard. I spent so much time on this. No way. <laughs> My love, I think about you when I wake. I'm happy when I know that you are here. The hike is one that I'm willing to make, because I lived at the bottom of a hill that year, <laughs> because I always want you to be near. No other day can e'er compare to this, when I at last have you right in my hands. I do not care. <laughs> I have a hard time reading my handwriting there. I do not care whatever day it is. I want you every day is my demand. I don't care what the consequences are. You satisfy me every time you're here. The weekend is the only time you're far. When Wednesday comes, I leap for joy, my dear. Warm cookie Wednesday, you're my love, thou art. You have my stomach, now you have my heart. <laughs> the last two lines slept so hard. That's hilarious. You know, if, if there is any project to finish and finish well, it was that poem. You know, that, that last line, you have my stomach, now you have my heart, I stole from a friend of mine who was like, the cafeteria got a new cook and he asked, is she married? <laughs> and he said, I should, I should walk up to her and say, you have my stomach, would you like my heart? So I kind of put a little twist on that. Ah, so I think if, if I think really, really hard on it and um, put a lot of just ungodly amounts of time into it maybe i could write a poem the thing about shakespeare's sonnets is that they have structure and i can work with structure and rhyming at least narrows down words i can use i have done many attempts at writing novels uh there was that one i mentioned several episodes ago from when i was like 11 or something where i wrote about eight sisters on their own somewhere in south america made up a whole language and everything I don't even remember what the plot was. It was supposed to be eight books long, each book focusing on a different sister. Wow. You know, Intense. And they each go through something. But uh, another time in, in like early high school, I, I didn't start it, but I, I planned it. I, I started to do some like basic like outlining and character profiles and everything on a book about kids who have like superpowers or something. I don't think they all had superpowers. It was a little unclear, but I found my notebook with all of my notes in it from this story. <laughs> oh my, I'm ready. The first few pages are cut out of this notebook. <laughs> so that tells you Oof. there was something embarrassing in here. So I have character profiles. I'm going to read them for you. So here, we'll start with the main character, I think. Alexandra Ford, age 18. Hair is platinum blonde. She's... 5'3", clearly this is based on me if I had platinum blonde hair. Clearly. Other distinctive features, a small tattoo of a lightning bolt on the left side of her right index finger. <laughs> <laughs> this is so oddly specific, I love it. Yes. <laughs> Special skills, the ability to control any electric form of technology on contact. The ability grows to control without contact. The ability grows to control electricity without touching something electric, I guess is what that means. As well as any type of electricity. Wow. Okay. I'm confused, but okay. So, like, if there's a, a, a light bulb just lying around, she can pick it up and turn it on. As the book progresses, oh. she can just, like, shoot lightning out of her hands like Darth Sidious or whatever. Opinion on human life. Wow. Life is a valuable thing. She does not believe in cold-blooded murder. She. <laughs> this is so fascinating. I, I don't believe in cold-blooded murder. 
Uh, she never intends to use her abilities to hurt people. People should not be used as guinea pigs. When it comes to justice, self-control is absolutely necessary. What? Huh? Revenge is not the way to go. Oh boy. Jack Shepard. Jack Shepard. Age 18. Special skills. Burglary. <laughs> Pickpocketing. Slide of hand. Etc. Etc. Oh man. I think this is like a, supposed to be like a gang or something. Adam Hughes. These all sound like Tom Clancy characters. <laughs> Distinctive features. Headphones around his neck. Special skills. Hacking. Let's see what else. Ah, yes. Archibald Montgomery. Oh my goodness. Also known as Archie. Not Baldy. Special skills. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it says. Leah Stone. Oh boy. Special skills. Fire wielding. Martial arts. Breaking and entering. (laughs) Burglary, etc. Harold Oswald. Age 50. 50. Dis- distinctive features. He has dissociative identity disorder. <laughs> Split oh, personalities. <laughs> the psych major has entered. Uh, he's a geneticist. Good Harold. Oh boy. Uh, holds a Nobel Prize for making a new ethical treatment for cancer. Oh. <laughs> That's very ethical. vague. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Bad Harold found a way to alter a human's DNA strand and wants to make better humans. Oh. Eugenics? Yeah. You with... should name Bad Harold Eugene. <laughs> Eugenics with uh, genetic engineering. And now that I know more about genetics and science and stuff, this is incredibly vague. No kidding. Shall we read the first chapter? Yes. Alexandra, or Alex, is an 18 to 20 year old girl who has the ability to, con- to control anything electronic. For example, if your phone was dead, she could just touch it and it would be fully charged. She and her band of ex-juvenile criminals. Okay, are cat burglars. Ex-juvenile question? <laughs> like juvenile detention. Oh, so... Child jail. I thought you were going to say, like, ex-children? I <laughs> young adults? <laughs> I, too, am a former child. She uses her abilities to their advantage by shutting off alarms, cameras, etc. She herself has never been arrested. She ran away from home two to three years ago, possibly to avoid an abusive situation. She and her team were successful with their opening scene burglary. Okay, I think this is just like a... A summary of what the first chapter will be? Probably. They stole a fancy jewelry collection and sold it. They spent the money on renovating the old abandoned house they live in. Time passes. Next. (laughs) Next, they discover that there is some kind of rare old Edison Age electronic contraption at an antique store. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh... There's a parade slash festival of some kind. I, I clearly have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> clearly. Uh, something like this, something of some kind. Uh, uh, there's a parade festival of some kind going on in the street outside the store. The store is closed and blocked off because it has a gas leak. What? Huh? <laughs> a fellow team member suggests that she probably shouldn't go in there. But due to youthful stupidity, she goes anyway. <laughs> At least you knew that much about young adults. Bringing the ninja-like team member with her... And the margins I have, I guess. After cutting off security, what? They are ultimately unsuccessful at retrieving the... Oh man, there are more pages. The artifact. I have the written again. As she turns everything off, something doesn't turn off correctly and sparks a little bit. What is she? What was she turning on? As the burglars leave the scene without a trace, boom or something. <laughs> boom or something? <laughs> yeah. A local catastrophe... 
As the team hangs out at a restaurant, Alex notices the news on the TV and sees what she did. Reporters and investigators have no evidence that leads back to her, so it appears to be merely an accident. Alex has a what-have-I-done moment and runs out of the restaurant, <laughs> gets in the vehicle, gets in their vehicle, and drives away. Ninja team member notices she's gone, so he steals a car and chases after her. She ditches her car and runs into the woods. He ha- nope, has the whole, I'm a monster dramatic sob. <laughs> dramatic sob! Are there asterisks around that? No, it's quotation marks. I'm a monster dramatic sob. Oh my god. Sometime later, she finds- there are no paragraph breaks in this. Sometime later, she finds a plant to eat. Oh dear. Oh my. And while she's minding her own business, enjoying the seclusion, previous team member finally sees her, but he doesn't get very far before she says, go away, and gives an, I did this, I heard all those people on the monster speech. She runs- (laughs) she runs and hides when the guy looks away for a split second. Sometime later, she's walking through the woods and hears voices. She sneaks over toward the sound and discovers that someone's car had died out there in the middle of nowhere. Alex notices that it's a family with a baby and maybe an older child or two. (laughs) I haven't worked out the details yet. The father explains that the battery had died. Alex realizes that she has the potential to help these people. To help these people. She suddenly has an A-epiphany of selflessness. A-epiphany of selflessness? And appears out of nowhere to offer to help. The family is a bit skeptical at first, (laughs) but they agree to let her help. She touches the car and it comes back to life. One of the children asks if she asks if she can charge his or her toy electronic device. Okay, Alex does it. Has a moment of, hey, I can use this for good. The child mentions that parents were complaining about their phones being low of charge and suggests she charge those too. The parents are reluctant at first. And Alex gathers herself to resist the temptation to steal them. Huh? Because they're they're burglars or something. Right. She's apparently a kleptomaniac a little bit. But the parents decide to hold out their phones while she touches them and fully charges them. The family stands there and says, thank you. They also offer her a ride, but she refuses. The family drives away. Alex then makes it a goal to use her abilities to help others. But how? <laughs> she hitches a ride on somebody's trailer and rides back into town. Probably a different town. In the closing scene. Back into town, except different town, so not back to town. Probably a different town. Oh. In the closing scene, she hacks the CIA or something (laughs) and sends them her resume. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She's sort of kidnapped (laughs) and taken to the director of the agency. The director is impressed by Alex's hacking ability. She shows off some more by unscrewing the light bulb from the desk lamp, holding it up and turning it on. Alex says that she would like to use her abilities for good, but she doesn't want to become some sort of icon. The director hires her without knowing of Alex's involvement in the antique store disaster. Alex is tough. Very, let's get down to business-minded. She has a heart for people. Her team is her family. I'm thinking she could have a subtle little tattoo of a lightning bolt on her finger just to give her a signature thing. Did you say (laughs) that? I'm thinking? Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Anyway, so that's... That's that story. 16-year-old Kiri at her finest. And I was very serious about this. I was like, I'm going to make this a thing. Sounds like it would make a cool TV show. It just needs some uh, some work. I was going to say, that could be a dope show on like the CW or something. It does sound a lot like a CW show. I don't know. I think that that has a lot of potential. I, I like the idea of the main character, like not just having like an immediate like shift to from like a petty burglar to good she has some struggle back and forth between like 
a little bit of kleptomania, but also like her desire to change. Ah, yes. Some depth. Exactly. Like the, the back and forth tension between those two things can be really interesting. <laughs> should I steal? Or should I not steal? I do feel like you could you could really like almost take out most of the hacking elements though, because I feel like that's a little bit cliche to have like <laughs> oh this one team member is a hacker. Yeah. Yeah. Although she wasn't the hacker, that was somebody else who was that. Hang on. Was it uh Adam Hughes? It sure was. It was Adam Hughes. Got him. So, listener, if you have any crazy projects, just remember that you can keep them going. It's not the end of the world (laughs) if they're over. We're still working out the Grandma Betty thing. There's still potential that it could happen. We just need to adjust for the current circumstances. It's a rough life being in (laughs) entertainment, creating business. Indeed, it is. Maybe you should start a podcast and just write a song. (laughs) Right on the air. About Nebraska. Yes. See, we've both kind of made little steps forward today. We have. You wrote a song. I discovered my ideas aren't awful. True. I could make a CW show. You could. Very successfully. Final thoughts. It is okay to fail. It is okay to table an idea and come back to it. Failing makes you stronger. Or it makes you better. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Singing on this podcast. Yeah, we've already had enough of that for one episode. Indeed. Yeah, and if you have any of your own silly projects or not so silly projects that you haven't finished, or if you have ideas for our projects, oh yeah, um, let us know on Instagram. Tag us at Kiri underscore Jones or at Rachel HNH. And if you want to check out some of our projects that were not a complete failure, you can check out our website at postprodpod.com. Yes, and you can listen to this episode, and maybe we'll even record Rachel's song and put it up on the episode page. Oh, yes. Just so you can listen to the song. We, we should totally do that, actually. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> With that, this has been the Post Post-production Production Podcast. Podcast. Goodbye. Hasta luego. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.